0: Hi, this is Russ. We're getting ready to uh, delve into the how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is from Dynamic Discipleship. And I pray that God is building your life. Listen, God has taken hold of you. And this is found in Philippians chapter 3, when the Apostle Paul shows us by example. He says, I take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. In other words... In all that God has gripped your life with And spoken to you And put into you and so forth All that God is um, drawing you to There's a cooperation And you can take hold of that For which Christ Jesus took hold of you Take hold of your salvation Take hold of the word of God Take hold of the armor of God Take hold of uh, daily prayer and worship Take hold of uh, the power of the spirit of God for your life Listen, take hold of obedience to God. And uh, in your walk with God, obedience brings blessing. As I've said many, many times, simply this. We receive everything by faith. It's all grace. We receive by faith, but the manifestation of the power, presence, and blessing, and so forth, comes in our obedience. All that's dwelling in you now can begin to be demonstrated through your life in your obedience to God. And obedience will make you more experienced. And obedience will cause you to experience more and more of the grace of God. Obedience will uh, bring into your life the blessing that James chapter 1 talks about. So, by the way, how you doing? How's the Word of God in your life? How are you doing on a daily basis? See, sometimes as a believer... And I remember reading the old devotional writer Andrew Murray years ago that said that each believer has to determine every single day how you're going to live. Whether you're going to get up and uh, launch out in faith. I mean faith, believing God. And the Word of God says faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And so we take our stand in the day, in the morning. Morning by morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, O Lord. I lay my requests before you and wait in expectation. Now that is about our praying. That's about our meeting with God. Faith is is that avenue through which truth is experienced. We don't get saved until we believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen simply accept all the Word of God by faith and begin to delve into it and you know what? I found this to be true. Even when you have questions, even when other things are going through your mind, trust the Lord. He'll show you. That's in Proverbs. We already looked over that verse as a memory verse in Proverbs 3. You know, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not onto your own understanding. So I want to encourage you today that you will just uh, continue on a on a consistent, uh, you know, walk with the Lord Jesus. That you will meet the Lord on a daily basis. Please realize He's there to meet with you any time. He's there to meet with you, and if you can be before the Lord for fifteen minutes or an hour and uh, meet with God and speak to the Lord and acknowledge Him, and as we've said in the other uh, discipleship studies and uh, and broadcasts that we've done like this, simply uh, that um, Jesus said that I myself may be in them. There is an inseparable and uh, unbroken and unceasing presence within your life. You're the temple now of the Spirit of God. If you're born again of the Spirit of God, Romans chapter 8 says, if you have not the Spirit of Christ, you're none of His. But when you're born again, the Spirit of God dwells. There's an indwelling and the Spirit of God has brought the living, reigning Christ in all of His victorious and powerful work within you. And so you have a new nature. And in First John it talks about the seed of God. You can't go on sinning. Why? Because the seed of God remains. The new nature of God remains. It involves the power of God that moves you to walk with Jesus. Moves you to righteousness moves you to live powerfully and experience the victories that jesus gives well part of that victory is uh, knowing that being born of the spirit of god means the spirit of god has come to dwell in your life and so today father we ask in the name of jesus for the biblical insight and uh, for you to give us understanding of the work of god the holy spirit we bless you we thank you holy spirit for being present i thank you for being present right at this moment and I thank you for every single believer that listens, that you will be present in and on their lives as they listen. May the Spirit of God strengthen you and bless you. As Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 on down, when he says, I kneel before the Father from whom the whole family in heaven and earth derive its name. That Listen, Out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you in the inner man, in the inner being, by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that Christ could dwell there by faith. And they, listen, it goes on to take, and you can read it in verse, verses 14 on down. That you might be able to comprehend and know and experience the love of God that surpasses knowledge. With the end goal look at the end goal of that. That you might be filled to the full measure of God. That you might be filled to the full measure of God. That's what God wants to do fill you. There's a Greek word, plerum. It means to be just absolutely filled up to the top and literally pouring over. Like taking a uh, pitcher of, uh, of, of iced tea, and, and you have a glass, and you're pouring uh, the iced tea in that glass, and you pour it all the way up, not just to the rim, not just to the top, but you continue to pour to where it literally flows over. It flows over and out onto everything else. That is the concept of being filled. Jesus Christ has come to fill your life. Jesus Christ said the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but he has come to what? Give you life, zoe, the qualitative life that comes out of heaven. To give you that life and life, that life more abundantly. And as a believer in Jesus, God not only has... Uh, provided to be clothed with the power of the Spirit of God to be witnesses of Christ but uh, he has promised the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon us as believers so that what? we might be those witnesses that we might literally have a spiritual fire in our lives you can't get saved without the Holy Spirit speaking into you and bringing you the Word of God and moving through people that preach you the Gospel the Word of God is the language of the Spirit and he uses the Word of God So you can't get saved without the drawing and convicting and convincing work of the Spirit of God. And when you accept Christ, the Spirit of God brings all of Christ into you and all the victory into you. And from that moment on, Jesus said it in John's Gospel. Listen, I want to tell you now to write this down. Mark this down. Study well John's Gospel, chapter 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. There is great revelation of the work of the Spirit of God. You can expect the work of the Spirit of God. Jesus said that He, the Spirit of Truth, then would be with you forever. Uh, He would never leave you. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. So to understand that Jesus says uh, that if you love him, you're going to obey his teaching. And if you do obey that teaching, the Father would love you. That He says we would come and make our home. And we also have the realization that the Spirit of God, we're indwelled, the Spirit dwells within us. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There is an active work of the high order of Trinity in your life and uh, you are now the temple of God. And that literally refers to the Old Testament, to the Holy of Holies. In the Greek, it's called the naos, the temple. It's a reference to the old Greek Septuagint in the Old Testament of the Holy of Holies. So that now the Old Testament is just that partial revelation, progressive revelation, but when the New Testament comes, there's an explosion of revelation and all of what God's intent is. Not just to dwell in some building somewhere, but to dwell within you. We were created for God. We were made. We were made for the indwelling of God. And uh, when we are born of the Spirit of God, through the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, um, we now have God dwelling in us. And so let's take a look at some of the work of the Holy Spirit uh, today and i thank you again and encourage you as a new believer if you're a new believer in christ you know send me a note and let me know how you're doing maybe you're out there leading other friends to christ and maybe today god will lead you to lead a family member to jesus to lead somebody else to jesus you know the great high calling of god is uh, to reach the world to go to the highways and byways and compel them to come in In Mark's gospel, Jesus will never even return visibly to this world until the gospel, the good news, is preached uh, to every single people group, every tribe, language, nation, everywhere in the world. Because that's God's agenda. God's agenda is to get to the whole of the world. Listen, have you ever read in James chapter 5, where it says that mercy triumphs over judgment? Well, I hear a lot of people talking today about, you know, the judgment of God and how, you know, the world deserves it. And you're right. And they're right. You know, we deserve the judgment. But the truth is mercy triumphs, dances in exaltation over the judgment of God. God would rather show mercy. God would rather forgive. God would rather save. And so that's why we can read he's not willing that anybody perish. That's why we can re- that's in Peter, we can read in Timothy, you know, that, that this is good, the prayers for the lost, prayers for your family. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wills all the Greek is pos anthropos, who wills all humanity, all humankind to, to, to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. That's God, that's the will of God. God that's why that's why Jesus came to save and uh, motivated by love. And that's why you're here today, born again in the Spirit of God, because God loved you. We can talk about the mechanics of salvation, but the bottom line is the relationship of of salvation. So in that page, if you have this, I don't know if you've downloaded this or not, but if you've got the page, I always have study notes, and on the right-hand side of the webpage, there are scriptures. Listen, if you print out the page, You could even take just some scissors and cut out those verses and use them as memory of verses to carry in your purse or wallet. But let me say this, on the beginning of the webpage, this is session number nine, how to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said we would be be clothed with the power from on high. This is a key insight and promise that he gave to us. It was and is expected to be experienced. The promise presence and power of the holy spirit is not only a joy for the believer in christ but it is a power of god that is needed the works of christ and the evangelization of the world cannot be done without this supernatural fire now if you read in first thessalonians chapter five you're going to read where it says and the spirit of god through paul lays this out And it tells us not to put out the Spirit's fire. It's a command. Don't put out the Spirit's fire. Not with sin, not with doubt, not with neglect. Don't neglect such a great salvation and don't put out the Spirit's fire because he's wanting to operate and bring all of Christ and all of his word and build you and strengthen you that's what, that's what his work is to keep you fixed on Christ and, and in the word of God and in obedience and, and, and keeping you deep in your relationship with God and that it be beautiful and powerful and strong But he's also there is the power of the Spirit of God to lead you to be a witness of Jesus Christ to the world. What greater message than that God loves us, that Jesus gave his life, the Son of God, the sinless, listen, the incarnation, God in human flesh. He gave his life. And he wants the salvation of the human race. And he wants to bring every single one home. And he loves. I mean, even Jesus wept over Jerusalem in their rejection. God doesn't want anybody to perish and go to hell. And in the believer that is uh, walking with Jesus in obedience and filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to experience that kind of uh, burden, that kind of emotional uh, love and depth for the lost. And God may move you to be a missionary. God, Listen, being a missionary means right next door in your hallway, right there in that, that apartment complex. So start pouring out the prayers for the salvation of all. Start getting right now before God and say, God, I know that I'm saved, that you're going to give me all things. And I believe, Philippians one six that he, you, who began a good work in me will carry it on to the very day, will carry it on to completion to the very day of Christ. God will never stop operating and working in your life and uh, showing you mercy again and again too. So grow strong, be strong, but don't put out the Spirit's fire Be clothed with the power of God that is from on high. That you might be an incredible and fruitful witness for Jesus Christ wherever you go. And winning souls to Christ and seeing God operate through your life. Well, listen again, on the webpage... I uh, begin with uh, these The Holy Spirit is a person The Holy Spirit is God The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament The Holy Spirit in the Word of God And so forth So I'm just going to go over these first As kind of uh, not just background Because maybe you're brand new to this also And you're just now beginning to learn and grow uh, In uh, your knowledge And so this is a deep study A good study In the sense that there's a lot here to study Well, let me start with A on the page. uh, The Holy Spirit is a person. All throughout the entire Bible, and especially in John's Gospel, chapter 12 through 17, the Holy Spirit is called He, personal pronoun. (coughs) We have here, excuse me, God the Holy Spirit. He, the Holy Spirit, will come. He is the comforter. He is the Spirit of truth. He is the Spirit of life. And we also have that as you look at the work of the Spirit of God Old and New Testament, the Spirit of God has will, intellect, emotion all that a person has and the bottom line really is, the Bible says to us, in John's Gospel chapter 4, God is Spirit and this is this is uh, inseparably linked to God the Holy Spirit He is the Spirit of God but He is God and that takes us to be. in the book of Acts chapter 5 when Peter is dealing with literally Satan's attempt to infiltrate and bring destruction in the church uh, the hand, the Spirit of God guides Peter uh, to speak boldly and clearly and tell that those who conspired together those who were lying those who were allowing Satan to fill them and come into the church uh, that they had lied not to men but to God referring to the Holy Spirit the context is clear is called in Romans chapter 1 The uh, I'm sorry, in the book of Hebrews, but also in Romans 1 uh, we find this incredible declaration of the spirit of, um, of God in Romans chapter 1 but when we come to the book of Hebrews, we also have uh, the revelation that he is called the eternal spirit and then we have in Matthew 28 God the Father, baptized individuals in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit once again Revealing the absolute inseparable unity uh, of God, because God is one. And the oneness of God does not uh, negate the plurality of the Trinity, and the plurality of the triune God does not negate the oneness. This is God. He's beyond us. He's awesome. He is forever one, uh, and He is forever and has always been uh, a plurality within that oneness. The plurality of God—God God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit—each um, uh, ref- uh, reflects a, a the oneness of God, the absolute unity of God. So it's important to realize both the oneness of God, but yet the distinct personages of the of the high order of Trinity of God, and God the Holy Spirit is uh, it, well. If you do a deeper study. You're going to see in the Old Testament that he's called Yahweh, which is God. You're going to see that um, he demonstrates and has the attributes of God. He's never created. Listen, some people realize that demon spirits are real personal you know, entities. Well, we're talking about God the Holy Spirit. We're told both in the book of 1 Corinthians 2 and also Romans chapter 8 that we have not received the spirit of the world. But we have received the Spirit is from, who is from God. You know, the Spirit of God has been sent out. Uh and and literally in the world to convict, convince, and draw and deal with the world, literally to evangelize the world and use the body of Christ in in, in that mission, but then to enter into us at the moment. Jesus provides the way. In the old testament, the Holy Spirit was there, but the people in the Old Testament could not be born again in the spirit you could not have the hundreds of thousands of Israelis in the Old Testament Israelites um, you know, be born again in the spirit of God that was uh, new in the New Testament as Jesus came and provided and so we come now to the spirit of God being a person being God in the Old Testament he was at work in creation moving I mean the Bible says God created and here we see in the first two verses the Holy Spirit is right there In the beginning, he's never said to have been created. He has always been. He too is also what we say in the Old Testament Hebrew, Yahweh. He is at work in creation as God, you know, hovering and moving and uh, the presence, uh, power of God was executed by the Spirit of God. And we're going to find that's the function. As the Father, um, you know, shows and plans and sins and loves and so forth, we see the Son then, the Son of God, Christ, providing salvation and going to that cross. But we also see it's the Spirit of God that that moved the prophets to tell and and uh, comes upon Jesus at His uh, well, the Spirit of God's involved in His birth and comes upon Jesus at that at that uh, in in the presence of John the Baptist, uh, and there we have the voice of God the Father and the Son and the Spirit of God coming down upon him without measure. And so once again we see the inseparable unity of God, the triune God, there even at the baptism. Well, in the Old Testament you can read in Psalm 139, and I love it, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Notice how the Spirit and God's presence are are inseparably associated. Where the Spirit of God is, is the presence of God. And where is the Spirit of God? Everywhere. He is the infinite Spirit of God, because He is God. And it is the function of the Spirit of God to do the operating work, like in the Old Testament. The Spirit of God moved. The Spirit of God was there in creation. Now, the Spirit of God moved on the prophets. And this takes me, matter of fact, if you read First 1 Peter 1.10, and this is a great, great verse where it tells us that the prophets of old, before Jesus ever came, who intently studied the scriptures to see when Messiah was coming, it says they intently and carefully were studying and studying and studying looking into these things. Listen, then it says this. By the, they were doing this um, by the power or the presence of the Spirit of Christ in them that was pointing now that's an enormous thing if you take a look at that verse the Spirit of Christ here we have now the New Testament going backwards into the Old Testament looking at how the Holy Spirit operated in and upon prophets who were looking into the prophecies and writing the Word of God and literally we have a revelation that the Spirit of God in the Old Testament is called the Spirit of Christ in them pointing uh, out the scriptures pointing out the revelations did you know there's about 300 uh, prophecies in the Old Testament also types and and so forth and that 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 speak about Jesus coming and um, being born in Bethlehem being born of a virgin being called Emmanuel and so there's there's so much in the Old Testament that the prophets who had the Spirit of God, not the Pharisees, the Sadducees of the New Testament days, who were really a cult, they were not the people of God. They They did not have Abraham as their father. The Word of God was not living in them. That's why they missed it all. But for those who were in obedience to the Old Testament Word of God, who had the Holy Spirit on them, like Mary, like Elizabeth, and like Simeon, All of them had the working of the Spirit of God. In the Gospel of Luke, when you read about Simeon in the first couple of chapters, it's a beautiful story of the Old Testament's operation of the Spirit of God. Simeon says that it was made known to him that he wouldn't even die until he saw the Messiah as a baby born. And so it says the Spirit of God was upon him. The Spirit of God revealed him. And then the Spirit of God moved on him and led him right into where Jesus was brought. And immediately by the Spirit of God inside and upon Simeon, he recognized this is Messiah. And so he prophesies, led by the Spirit of God, in confirmation that this is the Holy One of God. This is the consolation of Israel. This is the Savior. And so it's uh, an incredible, incredible look at the work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and uh, as we see this progressive development in the Old. And then uh, we, uh, and even before we come to the New, but, but in coming to the New Testament, we see this explosion of revelation of the person, uh, of the deity, of the work, and the specific work of the Holy Spirit of God. And so listen, you can't even be here today Understanding the truth of God, and uh, and uh, receiving the truth of God without the Spirit of the Lord, He is inseparably linked to the Word of God. It is His Word. And on your study notes, I have under D the Holy Spirit wrote the Word of God. As a matter of fact, none of the forty writers over the period of one thousand and about one thousand six hundred years, the development of the Bible came about. But as the Spirit of God moved upon Moses, moved upon Isaiah, moved upon different writers in the Old Testament, and eventually moved upon Matthew, and Mark, and Luke, and John, and Paul, Jude, and so forth, well, it's called the inspiration. We read about this in uh, 2 Timothy uh, 2, when it talks about that all Scripture is God-breathed literally breathed out by God exhaled by God breathed out so that when you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 Paul is saying that he's he's explaining or, or unveiling spiritual truths but it's done by spiritual words the spirit of God gave him the words the spirit of God moved on him both Old Testament and New Testament the Spirit of God moves on prophets and preachers and you know uh you know evangelists and so forth and when it came to the writing of the Word of God, the Spirit of God inspired and it's called plenary, the totality of scripture inspired by God, and later maybe we can get into the ideas of uh, infallibility and inerrancy and and, and just a supernatural quality of the Bible, as I always like to say, and I read this years ago in a book somewhere. That is the only book whose author is always present. God is present with this book because his presence is in, but also on, and also uh, vastly, infinitely beyond the word of God. So when you take a look at the uh, way the Word of God you know, was inspired and then uh, preserved and then brought to us this very day, you do have the infallible Word of God. And Ephesians 6 tells us, specifically in spiritual warfare, that the Word of God uh, is the sword of the Spirit. Or you can read in Hebrews 4.12, tremendous verse, about the Word of God being living and active, alive. Jesus said that God has given us living words, when he's speaking in the New Testament days, when he was here, he's telling them again about the living words. And that this word can live in us. When we believe the word of God, it comes to live and have its work in us. As a matter of fact, if you want to do a study later, write this down. In the book of First Thessalonians, just study this out in the first two chapters in context. When Paul's writing, he says to them who, who had been saved, he says that... He says the word of God which is at work in you who believe that they accepted the word of God not as the word of men but as it actually is the word of God that is at work a supernatural operative working of the word in them that believe. That's why we got to decide every day believe God, believe the word of God step out in faith on the word of God. Now the Holy Spirit blesses that he really does when we talk about grieving god or we talk about not pleasing god with our doubts and so forth that really does grieve the spirit of god and we're told and 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 we won't go into this in depth in this study here but we're told not to um to grieve the spirit of god make him sorrowful by our own sin that's in ephesians 4 not to make him sorrowful, so that if you sin in some way, if you 're filled with doubt or whatever or fears or whatever, it, like, it literally grieves, makes sorrowful the spirit of God, and when you repent and, and ask Jesus to forgive you immediately, you 're forgiven, and the spirit of God then there's like a sense of uh, refilling of the spirit of God, and uh, then you move on your way there's also the idea in first Thessalonians chapter five that we are not to quench. The Greek word means to throw a wet blanket like throwing a wet blanket on a fire. You you know that it's going to you know dampen the fire. And when you when you listen, when you say, you know what? I'm not going to serve God. I'm not going to be a witness. I'm not going to share Christ. I'm not going to forgive people. I'm not going to show the love of God. You are literally putting out the Spirit's fire. You are putting out the Spirit's fire. Listen, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and when you're walking in obedience there is a evidential manifestation of the fire of the Holy Spirit even when you don't see or feel others will see and even feel there's something uh, holy and uh, pure and even spiritually powerful in you I know one thing for sure the demons know it and I know sometimes non-believers that don't know Jesus when when they see a believer who's filled with the Spirit of God, filled with Christ, they can feel. They know. Uh they know that God is there. I mean, that's that's even like the day that I got saved when a man came in. He was so filled with the Holy Spirit, he was preaching Jesus to everybody in this big everybody was partiers, they were at this party and drinking and everything, and he was just lit up with God the Holy Spirit, preaching Jesus and leading people to Christ. And his testimony that night, and his preaching that night, is what caused me, even when I left, when I went home, caused me to come to Christ. Because it's literally, it's it's like the Spirit of God, and the the Gospel was just poured out all over me, when I heard this man speaking and preaching, and, and, and so forth, even though I ran from it. Because that was the work of the Spirit of God. Well, if you look under E, the Spirit gave um, prophecy of Jesus. Now you can look at Matthew's Gospel, where you're going to see constantly, like out of Isaiah and other places, fulfillment of Scripture. You're going to look uh, at the birth of Jesus. Mary wondered how. This will be by the power of the Holy Spirit, the conception of Jesus. I mean, listen, the physics behind this is incredible. You have the incarnation, the Spirit of God causing the uh, literal uh, con- uh conceiving and so you have the human side God Jesus was fully human, and you have the fact that Jesus is fully God, the incarnation but that was uh that was brought about by again the work of the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit now under e point three later when Jesus was growing and and uh, uh when he came to be uh, you know out as messiah to all of Israel. You know, John the Baptist, who was sent six months in advance preaching, John the Baptist filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Spirit from his mother's womb. His own mother prophesied um, by the Spirit of God um, and gave an incredible prophetic word. It's recorded in Scripture as you read in Luke's Gospel, the first few chapters. And you see Mary's song. When you see these things, Again, you're seeing the operation of the Spirit of God, and so John the Baptist is out preaching that Messiah's coming, and the, for them to repent, them to get ready, that they're to be yielded and ready and prepared. And the moment Jesus walked, you know, right up to where John the Baptist was, we read this in John's Gospel too. You read it, oh, you read about it in you know uh, the other Gospels, but but I love I love where it says, you know, John says, "Behold, the Lamb of God." who takes away the sin of the whole world. And that was a confession by a spirit-filled uh, the man of God, John. And that was a confession in publicly as uh, he was declaring that he's not the Christ, but that he came to witness to Jesus Christ. You'll see this development in John's Gospel, chapter 1. And listen, that's what you and I do now. By the same spirit of God that was in and upon John, spirit-filled John, preaching about Jesus, pointing people to Jesus, getting people prepared to receive Jesus. That's what our job is now, too. That's what our job now is, too, to carry this gospel. The gospel is the power of God into salvation. And so we see the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, the anointing. Jesus all of a sudden now is anointed. This is in fulfillment of a prophecy out of the book of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord has anointed me. To do what? What is that anointing of power? Where in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it talks about Jesus being full. The same word for filled, only the idea of static. Completely, totally full. Consistently full. Matter of fact, in John's Gospel, we're going to read in chapter 3, that, uh, I'm sorry, uh, chapter 1, that he, he received the Spirit. He had the Spirit of God without measure. Now he's the only one to have been said to have this, infinite Holy Spirit, infinite Son of God, uh, and so there's a there is a reception of the Spirit. Now remember, this is the incarnation too. He's fully man, and so when this anointing comes to you know to, to literally reveal him to all of Israel, you have this um, prophetic fulfillment of the Word of God seven hundred years prior that uh, he would be anointed by the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord that he would preach good news now I want you to hear something very carefully here he's going to preach good news to the poor he's going to do the work of setting people free healing and deliverances and so forth as we see in the Gospels but I want you to hear something the moment Jesus was anointed of course he was taken out into the desert led by the Spirit out into the desert in that great temptation where he was victorious In Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 1, when Jesus returns, you know what the Word of God says? The Word of God says that He returned being full of the Holy Spirit. Even when He went through the hellish battle, satanic battle, listen, if you're going to go through uh, spiritual warfare, be a spirit-filled believer because that is the the pinnacle of of victory. A spirit-filled believer is lit up with the with the fullness of salvation lit up with the fullness of the revelation of victory over the flesh victory over the devil victory over the world and so the Spirit of God is here um, to amplify what it is we have in Christ to amplify for example many times that I'm teaching especially if I'm preaching I amplify my voice at particular moments well that's the idea of the Spirit of God uh, amplifying uh, testifying to causing people even in the miracles as the Spirit of God moved in signs and wonders to again crack open the the deadened hearts uh, the blinded eyes, and uh, again his the miracles of God done by the Spirit of God, um, even the deliverances were all to point to the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, that's why you read in John's Gospels the signs that he did was to reveal not only his divinity his and who he was but uh, were used in the evangelization process to open eyes well we even have in Romans chapter 1 uh, the reference to the spirit of holiness that raised him from the dead God raised him from the dead the Bible says and then the Bible also says the Holy Spirit raised, is that a conflict? no because the Spirit of God is God God raised Jesus from the dead the Holy Spirit uh, raised up Jesus from the dead and he was declared with power with power to be you know to be the Son of God and so we have in that incredible uh, resurrection that blasting a part of the finality of that victory of Jesus demonstrating that resurrection Again, you have from beginning to end the operation of the Spirit of God. And that's true of Jesus. And listen, my friend, that will be true of your life as a believer in Jesus. Listen, get a hold of this. The Spirit of God convicts you and draws you And eventually you get saved The Spirit of God comes in, brings Christ in Brings all the depth of what Jesus is into your life Opens up the Word of God to you God gives you all the promises of the Word of God You begin to take up your cross, follow Christ Grow in the Lord, experience Listen, from beginning to end The Spirit of God is operating in your life You have been anointed, you have been indwelt, you have been sealed, you have been baptized into the body of Christ. So the Spirit of the Lord is in and on you forever. From the moment of your salvation to the very end, when we are resurrected, when we are caught up, the glorification, when your body, your mortal body, shall be made immortal in the twinkling of an eye, will be accomplished by the Spirit of God, Uh, who's dwelling within you the same spirit of God that raised and you can read about this in Ephesians chapter 1 this is exciting when you read Ephesians chapter 1 you're going to see that the same spirit of God the power of God that was exerted exerted in Jesus Christ in raising him from the dead is the same power of God dwelling within you right now 2 Peter chapter 1 his divine power has given to us everything we need to live for Christ and be devoted to Christ through our knowledge of him who called us by his own goodness and glory. Now listen, say it, hallelujah. Say it. Give praise to God. Listen, don't be afraid to thank the Lord and listen, God inhabits the praises of the people. And so I pray that you are worshiping the Lord and spending time and praising God and, and doing this strongly strongly you know step out in faith and and open your arms wide and embrace god and, and you're there to worship by the spirit of god pray in the power of the spirit of god walk in the spirit of the lord learn the word of god by the illumination of the holy spirit of god wow christian wow christian from beginning to end let me mention uh, in under f on your notes because of our time limits here, the Holy Spirit before your salvation, and then at salvation, and I've already kind of mentioned this, but prior to salvation, the Spirit of God's convicting you, and uh, there's a witness, and He's drawing you, and and uh, there's been some like it says in you know when Stephen, the Spirit-filled Stephen, was preaching, he said to them, "You stiff-necked, uncircumcised Jews," referring to those who are rejecting Christ. He says, "You always resist." That's a strong word. It means they put their foot down and would not listen, would not believe. They rejected all the work of the Holy Spirit that was given to draw them to salvation in Christ. My dear friend and brother and sister in Christ, never reject what the Holy Spirit is doing. The Holy Spirit will only do what the Word of God shows you. The Holy Spirit will only keep leading you and pointing you to Jesus. You're going to know the the voice of the Holy Spirit like like Philip in the book of Acts eight, the Holy Spirit said, "Go stand over there by that chariot," and he went over there, and that's where he got to preach Jesus to the to the eunuch, and the man got saved. You're going to find that the Spirit of God is a spirit of he operates in your life, he leads your life, you're going to feel his presence in worship, you're going to feel the power of the Holy Spirit in prayer and in intercession in a warfare, and the Spirit of God will speak into you." He'll speak into you in, as you're witnessing, and as you're counseling, and as you're, even as you share discipleship and the Word of God, and I experience that constantly. Even as I'm teaching, that's why the notes I just you know the Holy Spirit brings more and brings this and and so forth. No matter how much preparation you do, just yield to the Spirit of God, and He will continue to bless you and to use even the giftings, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which will have a separate uh, two or three-part series under dynamic discipleship, just on the charismatic gifts of the Holy Spirit. But let's not miss what we're seeing here today. Because what we're seeing here today is this incredible work of God. The Spirit of God operated. Thank God for the Spirit of God and His work, His designated work in drawing us, moving us, wooing us, convicting us. Now, the warning in the book of Hebrews 10 is that we would never, you know, and again, people that reject Jesus throw him down to the ground and literally trample the blood of Christ. It says that they insult the spirit of grace. They insult the spirit of grace. And by doing that, and by even blaspheming the spirit of God and rejecting him completely, a person could um, be lost and go to hell because they're rejecting the operative power of God in His kindness that has come to say, this is the love of God. This is the mercy of God. This is the Messiah. This is God in human flesh. This is the Savior of the world. You know what? The Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin, but at the same moment points us to the Savior who takes away the sin of the world. That's why I love John filled with the Spirit of God, he explodes with the comment, with the declaration, with the proclamation. Behold, the Lamb of God. Look, see! The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And if you have accepted Christ, your sin has been lifted up and taken away. Washed. Well, listen, at the moment of salvation, when you finally say yes, Ephesians 1, Romans 8, Galatians 3 all tell us the same thing. That at the moment you put faith in Jesus Christ and literally He cannot come into you but by the means of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God who's been knocking at the door of your heart and, the, and telling you and showing you the Word of God and the Word that brings the ability to believe as soon as you say, yes, I believe, I accept Jesus Christ. Guess what? The Spirit of God literally uh uh it's almost like an explosion new birth is like an explosion a spiritual uh uh infusion of total forgiveness the righteousness of god the justification before god based on the blood of jesus the reception of the new nature, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The breaking of the old sin nature, so that it's powerless. The breaking of the ownership of Satan, so that he doesn't have any legal rights. Now you are, listen, we won't get into these right now, but these, these are these are four things. At that moment you are anointed with the Holy Spirit, set apart as a holy instrument of God, to be His child and servant. You're anointed. First John 2, anointed. You're also baptized into... See, Jesus baptizes you with the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12. And you're also at that moment sealed and marked. The idea that you're completely... You've got the seal of ownership. That the very presence of the Holy Spirit within you is the mark of the ownership of God, the seal of God, so that at the day of redemption when Jesus descends and the the dead in Christ are raised and those who are living are caught up caught up some call that the rapture that's the Latin word uh, caught up to meet the Lord Well, 1 Corinthians 15 talks about that being this incredible day of the glorification of your body the end goal of salvation you have been saved you are growing being saved that has to do with sanctification And you will be glorified. That's the ultimate end. Be saved. At the end when you're glorified, that's the final goal of what has occurred. Listen, if you got saved yesterday, that's the uh, incoming of all that God has planned, including uh, being glorified. And I want to give you good news here. In John's Gospel 5, the Bible says it's the will of the Father that he wouldn't even lose one. That's why I'm saying about this being sealed. It is the will of God uh, for, that you make it all the way to the end. And I love what it says in Jude's, God, uh, Jude's book in the, in, in, in the end of you know when you read Jude, just a one little it's not even a cha- just one little chapter if you want to call it a chapter, now unto him referring to Christ who is able to keep you from falling and present you. God is able to do that and the Holy Spirit who's in you is the indwelling spirit he dwells within I don't care if you don't feel anything right now it does make any difference if you're born again of the spirit of God dwelling within you in Romans 8 his spirit bears witness with our human spirit that we are the children of God because He has come in he's made your human spirit alive to God again and so you, solically—that is the the your your emotions, your mind, your will—you're now all lit up by the power of the Holy Spirit of God in you, uh, with the with the work of Christ applied. The old is broken; the new has come. And I want you to know that uh, that's the way we live our lives as a believer. Now, we now are like we like we read in Galatians. I love what it says about you know the fruit of the Spirit. You know, it talks about, you know, if someone's walking in the Lord, the fruit of the Spirit, that is love, joy, peace, patience, that will manifest through your life in your uh, believing and in your obedience to Jesus. That is what your life will demonstrate. But it says there that, the uh, you know, that uh, since we uh, have the Spirit of Christ, let us keep in step. Literally, it's referring to since the Spirit of Christ is within you, Keep in step, in obedience to, and and uh, yielded to, and 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 uh, walking with the Spirit of the Lord in your life. Thank you, God, the Holy Spirit. Under G in your notes, He is the Spirit of Truth. He is the the he, as the Holy Spirit, He's the Counselor and Comforter and Helper in your life. He's the one who reveals uh, more and more and more of Jesus to you in the Word and personally. He is uh, the Spirit. He is a teacher he's the guide he will guide you in all truth he guides Uh, we are to worship God in the the presence and power of the Holy Spirit now we're to walk like we said in Galatians 5 to walk that means conduct your life the way you live and make choices walk in the Spirit listen if you walk in the Spirit if you're obeying the Word of God then you won't gratify any temptations that come you'll just keep getting stronger because you've been set free Well, then you read uh, in Ephesians 6 about praying. Literally, in the Greek it means in the spear, the presence, power, guidance, and direction of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Praying in the... Listen, sometimes when we pray and we're just... Sometimes I get up from prayer and I just feel like power has gone out. That's how it feels sometimes. And you're going to feel that. But again, come before the Lord, worship boldly, get there before the Lord, and expect the Spirit of God to operate in your life. And you can expect him to do that. And you're going to expect him in the in the ministry of um I mean when you're worshiping and so forth, you're gonna expect the presence of the Holy Spirit because you're a temple. Well now I want to get to the point of this whole you know lesson today, and that is, under H on your notes the Holy Spirit is the spirit of evangelism and witness we're told again as you read again I ask you this week study John's Gospel 12 chapter 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 at least and you're going to find there that Jesus says the Holy Spirit that you and I are to witness soul win, share Christ but the Holy Spirit also will witness so I want you to hear this it is the will of God it is the blessing and promise of God it is the fire that is seen um, and flows on in and through the believers and of the whole body of Christ. Wow! Read Acts chapter four, verse thirty and thirty-one. How the whole, how they were all collectively all filled with the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, and they launched out preaching the gospel, sharing Jesus, and being soul winners. Let me ask you something. There's no question. If you're saved, you got the Spirit of God in you. You're born of the Spirit of God. There's no question the Spirit of God has been operating in your life. There's no question that you are anointed uh, by, the Holy, by, by Jesus by, with, with the Holy Spirit, that you have been baptized with the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ, that you're sealed and that you're indwelled, that you're a temple of the Spirit of God. So there's no question about that. But it is true that you may or may not be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's the will of God that all of us be filled. We're commanded by the word of God in Ephesians 5. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled. Pleuru, remember, filled not just to the brim, but to the point of overflowing. We're talking about being filled with the power, Greek word dunamis. It's where we get our word dynamite. A spiritual dynamite. Being clothed with spiritual dynamite, being indwelt and manifesting spiritual dynamite. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's that word, dunamis. You shall receive spiritual dynamite when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. The fact of the matter is, my dear friend, if you study out the book of Acts, you're going to find this to be absolutely true, that every single spirit-filled believer was, uh, was uh, a soul winner and led people to Christ and had the observable uh, operation of the Spirit of God in their life. And that is exciting. That is incredible. I mean, one of the great examples of the Spirit of God in and through you as a servant of God, as a witness of God is found in Acts chapter 8 when even though there was murderous threats, the church was scattered persecutions going on Philip, a second generation Christian he believed God. He was saved. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he launched out in obedience to evangelism. And look how the Spirit of God used him. Look how God was all over him. Look how he led people to Christ. Look how even salvation uh, was accompanied with healing and deliverance and even powerful things powerful things from God. Even an angel shows up with Philip. Spirit-filled Philip was led, guided, directed by the Spirit of God. Spirit-filled people. And this is this is the tragedy in some people's lives, some believers. And I've been around some 33 years, and a pastor, and in, involved in ministry 30 years. And I've seen people get filled with the Holy Spirit, and the next week grieve the power of the Holy Spirit, and uh, sit, sit for years and years in their life, thinking, "Well, I had an experience five years ago, and uh, so I'm I'm Spirit-filled Christian." Listen, you're a spirit-filled Christian if you're exhibiting the evidence of a spirit-filled believer. If, listen, a spirit-filled believer in the book of Acts was seeable and knowable. Uh, you can see them, uh, know that they were. Matter of fact, the Word of God says that the apostles said, Pick men among you who are known, known to be filled with the Holy Spirit and with wisdom. That they had to be known. This is an observable thing. They didn't take a survey. they didn't take a little test with paper saying uh here's five ways we, you know are you are you filled and clothed the power? No, it was known among them because everyone filled with the spirit of God had Jesus at the forefront of their life that they had a spiritual dynamic power about them and that they were clear witnesses of Jesus sharing Christ and that God was uh, manifesting through their life Christ likeness the love of God and the power of God through their life so when we talk about a spiritual believer we're talking about a powerful believer we're talking about a believer who has victory over the world the flesh of the devil We're talking about a believer that's growing more and more powerful also. More and more powerful. So I want you to take a look at the notes if you have a chance, or just simply listen. Because God's will, all of us to be filled. God's uh, provision, all of us to be clothed with power. Uh, God's promise, the power of the Holy Spirit to be clothed. And so I want to encourage you right now, to be thinking in terms of, is there anything in your life that is uh, grieving, any sin that grieves the Spirit of God, any way that you're quenching and putting up the Spirit's fire? In other words, uh, if you're saying, well, I have so much fear and I'm not going to, you know, I can't uh, witness and I can't share Christ and I won't even say a word. Well, then, yeah, you will literally block the Spirit's fire from operating in your life. So I'm going to tell you this. Get ready, this is a good thing, to repent of sin any sin including fear and unbelief and unyieldedness to Jesus because you my dear friend could be a believer that is grieving and quenching the spirit of God and keeping that fire uh, buried within you instead of letting that brilliant beautiful spiritual fire radiance and love of Christ flow through you so may I share with you this spirit-filled means to be just literally filled and overflowing with the power of the Holy Spirit. Who was filled? If you look at Micah 3, and I love this, where the guy says this, listen, the prophet simply says, I am filled with power with the Spirit of the Lord. You're going to find the words filled and power and Holy Spirit, you know, evangelism rather, uh, filled, power and evangelism is, is inseparably connected throughout the entire book of Acts which is a 30 year history of the early church man, those spirit filled believers were unstoppable those spirit filled believers were winning souls left and right those spirit filled believers God even showed miracles and healings and deliverances all of the activity, all of the great extraordinary works of God occurred in the context of spirit filled, soul winning disciples you want to be in the greatest action that's going on on the face of the earth? Be a spirit-filled, spirit-power-filled, clothed, you know, soul-winning believer. John the Baptist was filled. Jesus was filled without measure. At Pentecost, 120, when the Holy Spirit initiated the church in fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel, it says right there, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Signs occurred tongues of fire on their head wind, the sound of rushing wind and even the languages the gift of languages, tongues that was prophesied that it would be unleashed to the people of Israel to show them that all occurred but the ultimate bottom line was they were filled and that's where Peter, filled with the Spirit stood up and preached and there was such conviction of the Spirit of God he preached the gospel unleashed the word of God and you'll realize this too that as you let the Word of, Christ, Word, of, Word of Christ, the Word of God dwell within you, and you're filled with the Spirit of God, man, the Word of God will be at the tip of your tongue. The Word of God will be there ready to flow out when you need it and when others need it. And that's what happened at the day of Pentecost. The Spirit of God convicted the crowd, and, and Peter was helping them literally lead thousands to Christ. In Acts chapter 4, when the church was threatened, they got together and prayed. They quoted Scripture. They asked God to make them even more bold and the Holy Spirit came and refilled them. They were filled again with the power of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes if we grieve the Spirit, sometimes if we quench the fire of the Spirit, uh, you know, or, or some way there's a suppression, we should surrender again and ask again. And by faith stand up and be filled again. Stephen was filled. Philip was filled. Barnabas, read the book of Acts. Matter of fact, when Paul got saved three days later, Emas comes by, lays his hands on him, says, God wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was filled right then with, there with the Holy Spirit of God. That's the that's the that's the beginning of a spiritual life. The moment you're filled is only the beginning. Now I'll walk out and live a spiritual life. As a matter of fact, if you read Acts 9 20, when he began to obey and step out and be a witness. By being a spirit-filled witness, he grew more and more powerful. You want to get powerful? You want to get so powerful that you're unstoppable? Then, my friend, yield to Jesus. Ask him to clothe you, saturate you, fill you with the Holy Spirit of God, and uh, step out to obey the word of God step out to obey the great commission step out to start sharing Jesus and be a witness of Jesus and as you step out in obedience more and more, the spirit of God there will be a sense of manifestation of the spirit more and more and you will grow more powerful and more powerful in Christ and those guys that were growing and those women that were growing more and more powerful in the book of Acts they became unstoppable in Acts 5.42, the testimony is this. They never stopped preaching and teaching that Jesus was the Christ. They went from house to house in the temple courts. They never stopped. They literally, other than martyrdom, you could not, and that only happened to you know, extreme few, uh, you couldn't stop them. You just simply couldn't stop them. If somebody slammed a door over here, spirit-filled witness would go to the other door over there. If somebody closed the door over there, uh, they would go look for another door open. Don't let anybody stop you from witnessing. Don't let anybody stop you from obeying the Great Commission. I don't care if nobody else is doing it. You get up. You be the spark that initiates a revival of evangelism in your own church. There is nothing more important than the evangelization of the world. Nothing more important than the evangelization of the world. Nothing more exciting than leading people to Christ. Like I got to lead my grandmother to Christ, my father to Christ, thousands of others on on preaching and sharing and and so forth, and hundreds of others in a personal one-on-one setting, leading them to faith in Christ. My dear friend, if you're not saved, somehow you've been given this message. I'm telling you about the presence, power, work of God, the Holy Spirit. That if you're not saved, you've got to get saved. The Spirit of God wants you to come to Christ. And once you come to Jesus Christ in that abundant life, the love of God flows into you. When you take up your cross to follow Christ, and you say, Jesus, clothe me with power from on high. Fill me with the Holy Spirit that I might be a faithful witness, a faithful soul winner, Man, I tell you what, you are on your way to the most exciting life that could be lived. Well, bottom line is how can you be filled? How? Not only is this the initial way, but along the way when things occur that you need, uh, like in Acts chapter 4, when they prayed again and God filled them with the Holy Spirit again. Here, let me just share it quickly. Make sure you know you're saved, of course. And we're told again, commanded not to grieve or quench the Holy Spirit, therefore, number one or a, repent and forsake you know sin and doubt, just repent of all sin and all your doubt, throw it down before the Lord Jesus, repent of sin, let him cleanse you, confess it, just boldly confront it and and repent that means turn away from it, quit it, and at the same moment, tell the Lord Jesus, I yield all of my life to you, Jesus. I yield all of my life, and I'm going to be obedient, and I surrender to the Word of God, and I'm stepping out in obedience. I'm stepping out in faith on your Word. I'm going to obey the Word of God. I'm going to obey the Great Commission. I'm going to be your witness, Lord. I yield my life to you. I yield myself to Jesus Christ in every way right now. And then thirdly, by faith, because this is the promise of God. This is the will of God just simply ask Lord Jesus Christ right now clothe me fill me with God the Holy Spirit I repent of all sin anything you show me I'll throw out of my life that I'm supposed to have out anything that I'm supposed to be putting into practice in obedience to the word I will put into practice I yield I open Psalm 81 10 says open wide your mouth and I will fill it that's God speaking to ancient Israel that's God an example speaking to us Open wide your heart, and I will fill it. And when you ask, you know, Jesus said, you know, ask you shall receive, seek you shall find, knock on the door will be opened. How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? And so by faith right now, I accept what is the will of God. I accept what is the gift of God. I accept what is the promise of the Father. I accept by faith right now, the power, fullness, clothing of the Holy Spirit God, fill me, saturate me clothe me uh, with the Spirit I accept this by faith have you done that? have you done that? I mean, sometimes I've led other believers and so forth. For me, it was the same night. When I got saved, I that very night, I said, Jesus, fill me with the Holy Spirit, and the power of God came into my life. Man, the power of God, all I could think about was witnessing and telling others. In the first month, I led probably, I don't know, I think the first month and a half, I don't even remember the, 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 the dates during those days because we were witnessing to everybody. Probably 30, 40 people led to Christ. And that's all I want to do this weekend, This you know, this time later to, to do the same the same Jesus yesterday today and forever right there with you so you repent of all sin yield to Jesus and accept by faith take by faith right now Lord Jesus I accept the powerfulness of the Holy Spirit fill me clothe me and I, I give my life to be the witness that, the, that you want me to be Now you might feel power rush all over. You might feel like praising God. and You might want to just start praising God and thanking God and worshiping God and and, uh, just giving God all the praise. You may feel uh, nothing right at first, but I know one thing for sure. Every single person that has yielded and been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit has a conscious filling, empowerment, and there's a conscious reality. So don't get worried. Even if gifts of the Spirit come, sometimes people have spoken in tongues or prophesied, or so forth, like that. Those are those things can accompany, can occur at that moment. It doesn't happen in every case; never has. But those would be giftings and other signs that may occur, like at Cornelius's house and other places. Well, that may occur, um, but don't lose sight that the clothing and the power of the Holy Spirit turns you into a witness a growing witness a developing witness uh you begin to bear fruit in this area i guarantee you this too i'm telling you this by experience and by the word of god when you're clothed and filled with the holy spirit worship is so much easier prayer time is powerful getting in the word it's like the word just leaps sometimes off the pages into your heart you know, spiritual warfare should be done from a the vantage point of a spirit-filled life. It's God's will to be filled with the Spirit of God. It's abnormal for a believer not to be. So I encourage you uh, that if you need to, especially if you're in the car listening to somewhere else or work or whatever, that you find your place with God. When the old uh, evangelist Dwight L. Moody when he prayed to be filled and clothe the Holy Spirit, he felt something coming, so he went up to a room, and when he got up there, he said, the power of God came on him so much, he said it was like liquid waves of love rushing through him that happened so deeply and so powerfully that he had to cry out, God, stop lest I die. <laughs> Tori, the great evangelist, Tory said he sat in a chair, prayed for the Holy Spirit's power, and he began to shout like an old-time Methodist. I don't know what that means, but John Wesley was filled. And listen, every believer is to be filled. Dear friend, in the name of Jesus, I pray that God will clothe you with the power of the Holy Spirit, that you will be filled with power, the power of the Spirit of the Lord. And as Jesus himself says, that power of God the Holy Spirit will make you a witness of Jesus Christ. And when you are stepping out to be that witness, you will grow more and more powerful in the Lord Jesus well, the Lord bless you we are way past time here and uh, I'm excited for you I'm excited in my life all I know is I just want to worship Jesus I want to pray for my friends to be saved I want to get out there in the streets I want to preach at a crusade somewhere, listen, as a simple Christian, all I care about and I remember the day I led my 79 year old grandmother to Christ When she prayed out loud to receive Jesus, I felt the beauty of the Spirit of God. I thank God the Spirit of God worked and drew her and spoke to her and convinced her, and she accepted Christ, and the Spirit of God went into her life. Oh, what an awesome thing. I got up before 44 kids, my first time I got to testify, and I, I shared how Jesus saved me, and I shared how my life was a rotten sinner, and Jesus saved my life and changed my life. The love of God was like nothing I ever knew. Jesus is alive. And that he filled me with his power when I was done. I didn't even know how to give an invitation yet. And the guy that was leading the Youth for Christ group got up and said, is there anybody here that wants to accept Christ? And 22 kids raised their hands. Some of them were crying. And you can feel the power of God in the room. And they were one by one praying out, accepting Jesus Christ. Oh, my friend, I'm telling you, when revival comes, the Spirit of God strikes. Strikes in great power and great beauty. Hey, this is Russ net.